1: Welcome everybody to another brand new episode of It's My Wrestling Podcast. I am of course, as always, your host, Christie's. Joining me today I have my very good friend who's not been on the podcast for a little while. Um, He was pretty much a regular co-host at one point. He is of course the one and only Mr. Gary Tate of formerly Hooked on Wrestling and now Inside the Ropes. Gary, how's it going my friend?
0: I'm alright big fella. How are you? Nice to be back here again with your beautiful self.
1: Yeah, it's nice nice to have you on when you're not on a quiz, embarrassing yourself.
0: <laughs> Isn't it? <laughs> it's a good point, Mel, made. It's a yeah. good point. You can, it's, I should stop drinking during these podcasts, that's what it is. <laughs> you
1: can't embarrass yourself on this one because this is just an opinions one. But anyway, yes, as I alluded to, this is just an opinions episode and it is, of course, the It's My Wrestling Podcast End of Year Awards Wrestling as a whole, not for any one particular promotion, we're doing this sort of um, quickfire though, bite-sized, a lot of these episodes tend to go on for hours, nobody wants to watch that, nobody wants to listen to that, so we have broken it down to, I believe, seven different categories of all things that have happened in 2021, in this mental year that we've had for wrestling, so many ups, so many downs, so many amazing moments, and so many crap moments, so many what-the-fuck moments, so yes, We've gathered here today, we're going to do it in order, and I think we're going to split this down into a few episodes just to keep it a little bit more, um, what's the word, digestible for anybody watching and listening. So without further ado, in fact, let's just have a little bit of a chat first of all, Gary, just about this year in wrestling in general, before we get straight into it. Like, um, It's been a very good year for wrestling considering how the year before it ended, obviously with COVID, it was a really weird time. Obviously, we've slowly got fans back, which has improved the experience for everybody, hasn't it? How, how have you, how have you enjoyed twenty twenty one in general in terms of wrestling?
0: Um, it's it has it's been weird, hasn't it? Or just overall, it's been quite weird. And you know, obviously with COVID and everything like that, um, the the no fans at the start of the year, um, the, then we introduced fans again, which was great. And I think you you can just tell from a performance standpoint, I think the wrestlers just purely enjoy having fans back. And obviously that's the reason why they do it half the time. Um, So I think, yeah, I think having fans back is, I don't know about you, but watching live anyway, especially pay-per-views, you know, to have the fans back just gives it that little bit of, gives it that impetus of, and I know it's a WWE mantra, but anything can happen and i think that happens more when there's fans around yeah
1: yeah yeah 100%. Um, like look at the royal rumble as as the main example um yeah. just before covid hit obviously we got the amazing rumble with drew winning getting the opportunity edge coming back the whole brock dominance mvp returning some cool moments during the match like imagine if that had happened imagine if like edge couldn't have been back for whatever reason and he had to come back in 2021, and we got all of that without fans. Like, the 2021 Rumble wasn't terrible, but at the same time, I don't really remember it.
0: No, and I think I'd probably struggle to actually tell you right now who won it, to be perfectly honest with you, but that's how far along it goes, and I think...
1: I have to think uh, hard, but it was Edge. Yeah, Um I don't so remember him winning it, though. I know he did, but I don't remember it.
0: Yeah, and I think that was the thing. Um... As you said, you know, we had Drew in it the year before um, to that massive reaction. Um, and, and obviously we've seen, um, funnily enough, one of the videos that was done in Glasgow, we hooked on wrestling, uh, funnily enough, was in Glasgow at one of their parties um, that WWE used. And you can tell fans going mental. This year's Rumble just didn't have... And I don't think it was the fault of, of WWE. It wasn't the performers' fault. No, no, no. But the, the Rumble more than possibly any any other pay-per-view the rumble needs fans or the returns just fall flat um yeah. and i think that was the same over the board i think you know even you know during covid itself i think you know if you look at someone like matt hardy for instance and in his introduction into AEW, it, it, it tanked purely because there's no fans.
1: yeah yeah i just want to forget about when he's just um, like um, um popping or teleporting around
0: wasn't he not because he is yeah. exactly yeah. um but this should have fans back yeah
1: it was um it was it was important obviously we were always going to get fans back eventually that was that was never really out of the question It was just a matter of when we're doing it properly, doing it carefully. Um, I'm excited for the for the Rumble in 2022. Like, like I say, can you imagine? Can you imagine Edge making his triumphant return after nine years out in front of loads of TV screens in the in the Thunderdome? It would have been terrible.
0: Yeah, no, it just just no, it wouldn't have worked. Would have. Let's be honest, it it wouldn't have had had that that moment.
1: Yeah, all that hatred for Brock in the first half of the of the match just wouldn't have worked with fake hatred, would it? Like fake booze.
0: No, and I I was in the Thunderdome a few times, and trust me, the um, it's weird because they want you to clap like a seal. <laughs> but you know, so apart from that, I I think it's just been an insane year for wrestling in general. I think it's been really. I think it's possibly one of, one of the most important years for a while um and and regards to just wrestling in general
1: yeah yeah no I couldn't agree more mate could not agree more so let's get into it then let's uh, break down our Uh, Categories. The first category that we're going to go with is the 2021 Feud of the Year. Like I said, this is not exclusive to WWE. I know we mostly spoke about WWE in that intro there. It is across the board. I think a lot of these are going to be WWE or AEW, but let's see what happens. So, Feud of the Year. I am going to go straight into this one with my answer. There were were a lot of contenders. Um, Even just the two guys that I've got in my answer had many rivalries themselves, which could have been contender. I think it's been a really, really strong year for, for rivalries and for feuds. But I had to, had to, have to go with Edge versus Seth Rollins. Um, one of the feuds that I know that Edge wanted on his return, Seth was one of the top names that he he named for people he wanted to, to go face to face with. It didn't disappoint. You know, you had Edge, the past, the legend, the icon, the Hall of Famer against Seth Rollins, who is going to be all of those things in the future. It very much felt like um, bit of, a bit of a passing of the torch. And I know we get a lot of passing of the torches and, and you know, <clears throat> sometimes sometimes they don't make sense because they're not very similar wrestlers. They don't sort of like feel like they could step into that person's shoes. But Seth very much felt like a young edge in, in his mannerisms, in in his heel work, in his ring work as well. They've got similar styles Um, I think everything that Edge has done since he returned, everything he's touched has turned to gold. Obviously, that feud against... um, The long feud against Autumn which was disrupted because of injury, and all the backstory and the history there. Everything he did with Roman, with Daniel Bryan eventually coming in. But I think you'd be hard-pressed to find a better um, series of matches than the trilogy that Edge and Rollins had, culminating, obviously, in Helen Sal. A bit of a shame that it was... um, that it was in Saudi Arabia, it felt like it deserved a bit more of a platform. Maybe Survivor Series would have been would have been a cooler moment for them. But regardless, man, ev- everything that these two did together, their promos were absolute fucking fire. And especially when you consider what um what Roman's been doing in terms of his promos alongside Paul Heyman and how good his have been. Edge and Rollins was Edge and Seth were still putting out the best promo. Best mic work, best story work in the whole company, for me. In the whole industry, for me at that stage. So yes, that is mine. It is Edge and Seth Rollins. How about you, Gary?
0: Um, yeah, I think I, I wanted to go with someone else. I, I really did. Um, there was another feud that that was competing with this one, and um, but I have to agree with you. Um, Seth and Seth and Edge wins it for me, and I think it was, I think. Purely because of the layers that they were able to do throughout it. So, you know, yeah. we got, you know, it was a decent start. Um, you know, I think I think this has really helped Seth become that villain and that heel. Yeah. Um, and it's helped him become a better heel and a better villain. Um, I think you can see that with his work that he's doing right now. I think he's possibly at the top of his game right now, to be fair to Seth. Um and I think one, I think the longevity of the feud and the fact that it, while it may have started off slow, it didn't dip in quality. And I think that's why it's a feud for me that they didn't put on a bad bad match. Yeah. Um, actually, I think Helen herself could have very much. I know it was in Saudi Arabia, and I know that you know certain fans want to lose their shit about about them going to to, to Saudi Arabia, but. To fair, you know, get off it. It's done. They're making money, so they're going to keep on going. Um, at least this year they gave us. At least this year with Saudi Arabia, they gave us something to actually hook our interest. Yeah. Overall, um, but let's not go down the, the Saudi route. And um, but I think it was because that Saudi because they had different feuds on there. In fairness, and I don't want to harp on about it. But they did treat it as a big pay-per-view. They fucking treated it better pay-per-view than they did Survivor Series this year, For yeah. being honest. <laughs> yeah. um, and and because of that, it was right to have that blow-off match there. Um, and that's why it wins the feud of the year for me, just because I love the little nod um, that they did back, you know, when Rollins went to Edge's house. It's not, not really something that we tend to see um, on WWE television anymore. Um, and I really like that. That was a you know like a hark back to, you know, when Randy Orton and, and all of them uh used to do it. So um I was a massive fan of that. I'd, the reason that I said at the start that I wanted to pick something else, um and I and and the reason why it hasn't is I thought at one point this year my feud of the year was going to be um Omega and Paige to give them a shout out because I think I think they deserve it. Um and the only reason that that's not feud of the year, and I get the whole fucking two year storyline and, and all the rest of it, and it's been bubbling under the surface. That's why it's not. Because the majority of it was bubbling. Yeah. And then they, they they very quickly, and I know that Paige's had a you know had had a baby and all the rest of it, but they they quickly transitioned Paige into sort of, you know, into that into that title fight. Well done. And I knew it was expected and all the rest of it, and that's all cracking. But it was just that last that that last little bit for me, that last, you know, build that they just it felt rushed, surprisingly. Um, and that's the only reason why it didn't win the Feud of the Year, because I had high expectations. Um but yeah, R- Rollins and Edge, I think they just, as you said, Edge has been pretty much gold since it came back. And um I I think, yeah, I think Rollins is is possibly near the top of his game right now. Possible rumble winner, actually.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think it's. I think, man, I think you'd be hard pressed to go back in time, find a time in maybe the last five years where Rollins hasn't been at the top of his game. I think he's just he's consistent. But yeah, Edge Edge managed to bring out even more the best in him. I love the little um, the nod to their history of when Seth teased breaking Edge's neck all of those years ago with the chair, and Cena came out. Completely agree about Omega and Page. It's been a great. Great bit of long term storytelling, which we always cry out for these days, but yeah. there wasn't much. So, like, like you know, with Miz and Brian, that went for years, but they always had those interactions to remind you that it was still alive. Whereas, um, <clears throat> yeah, Omega and Paige, all of a sudden, Omega's back, he gets an opportunity, he wins straight away. It, even, even though there was two years behind it, it did feel very. Yeah, just, oh, he's back, let's quickly it, get just,
0: it. Done. it, it yeah that that's how it that, that that's personal how it felt to me and again it's not it's not a slight i understand um the circumstances around it and and stuff like that but that that's why you know i think um it's it's fair to give them a shout i, I when i say that edges uh, sorry roland is is at the toppies game i think it may be fairer to say that he's back to the toppies game i think yeah what happened? You know, I, I and I say that because of what happened after these food with, with Bray Wyatt and everything and, and the fiend and how that all played out. Um and I think it's taken him this this not this length, but I think that, you know, he's transitioned now. The, 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 Messiah, the, the Messiah gimmick is is just hitting peak for me. Uh, the way he's rolling with it. Uh, that's what I mean. It's it's just he's back to there that that you know. Yeah. It's unfortunate. Fortunately, it wasn't for, for quite for a little
1: bit. Yeah, no, I completely agree, mate. Good to hear us agreeing on something for once. So that is our um, combined, agreed, feuded year, Edge versus Seth Rollins. We're going to move on to match of the year. Now, this was another hard one, man. Like, so, so many good contenders. But, um, like, when I'm doing these sort of awards and trying to decide on what was the best or what was the worst... I tend to stick with whatever the first thing was that came to mind. Because there's a reason that it's the first thing that came to mind. So I have to go for Walter versus Ilya Dragunov. NXT TakeOver. Man. Like... I'm lost for words when I'm trying to remember this match because I've not made any notes or anything like that for this. I'm just trying to re- do it from memory and I can't really like pick out a best moment from this match because the whole match was a best moment. It was a highlight reel. It was rough. It was tough. It was brutal. It was fucking... One of them matches where you watch it and you can feel the slaps. You can feel the strikes. Love both guys. I was... I was As much as Walter's reign was amazing and had to come to an end, I didn't see it being Dragonov. even though... You know, and especially as this was their second match, you'd you'd think you would at least maybe get a trilogy. You don't often get, you know, you don't (laughs) get a sequel without it turning into a trilogy. Do you look at Edge and Seth, for example, um... So yeah, just if anybody for some reason hasn't watched this match, go back and watch it. It it speaks volumes for how good they knew this match was gonna be that it wasn't allowed to be on a UK takeover. You know they 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 bumped yeah. it up. They bumped yeah. it up to being on just the big, the full NXT takeover. I can't remember can't remember which takeover it was. Now to be honest, it was.
0: And let's not forget, by the way, that that to do that match at a takeover in the States, they had to go through quarantine and everything at that time.
1: Yeah. yeah, So that's
0: how much of an emphasis they placed on getting those boys up. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And
1: it... It did the, the most important thing that it did, I don't know how this has affected like, viewership or ratings or anything like that for NXT UK, but it helped to get their name out there a little bit more. A little bit more of a shine yeah. on NXT UK, and it fucking deserves it, because it's one of the most consistently brilliant shows out there that not enough people see. I hope NXT UK gets a TV deal or something in the next couple of years, because I think that would really elevate it. Especially like on BT Sport, like a UK channel, it just, it just makes sense. Um, so yeah, as I say, there were lots of contenders for this one, but, um, they were all sort of joint second with Walter versus Ilya Dragunov, leaps and bounds ahead. Gary, what would be your match of the year?
0: <clears throat> uh, first I want to say that actually, uh, Walter Dragunov was my match of the year last year. Okay. That's what I went with last year. The, the first match. First one, yeah. There's a british term they literally just beat the shit out of each other Yeah, there's there's not a finer word to put around it they just kick shit out of each other basically um yeah, did. to be honest i i struggled with this one um to caveat it because i know there's going to be possibly fanboys in there um i don't watch new japan wrestling i am fully aware of people like Will off spray and and the rest of them yeah. um but I don't watch it enough to to make one of their matches, um, match the year. And I I know that they'll probably tell me that Will Osprey or something had the best match of the year. But um, I, I've i went for just a very simple one for me, which was, um, Edge, uh, Rains and um Brian, uh, for Mania, um, and and I, I'm not even going to complicate it by saying you know it was the best technical match or anything like that because you know it wasn't there was better technical matches out there but for me the the build-up to it um you know the just the whole thing as you said edge pretty much everything edge has touched um since he came back has been golden Um, i think you know um you add that roman's been golden i think you know brian probably has been doing the best work um of his career over the last sort of year 18 months um, and I just think it was just it was just a simple match, um, and it was that's what I enjoyed about it. It was a it was storytelling at its simplest. Um, there wasn't any airs and graces about it. Um, I could have picked a mega match to be fair. I, I know there was a few. Um, I know he's not had a bad match as such, and I know I, I'm getting this out here because I know the AEW stands will probably moan at me and you for the fact that we've not picked an AEW match and. They'll come at me just like they come at me when I call the Bucks cunts Um but um it was just storytelling at its finest for me. Um and, and a match that just was just as simple as that. And that's what won it for me.
1: Yeah, like you say, like you put those three men in the ring together, especially with Roman doing the best work of his entire career, you you you're gonna get magic. It can't possibly be a bad match. Yes, AEW have had some great, great matches in there. You could probably put Thunder Rosa versus Britt Baker and the lights out yeah. match. You could go with Omega versus Page when Paige won the title. Um but yeah, no, just it is that's the whole idea of an of Year Awards, it's subjective, isn't it?
0: And yeah. and fairness, that there's I know that the moment with Britt and Thunder Rosa is um it's it's something that they're, you know, with the blood dripping down her face and relating it to Mick Foley and, and what happened yeah. to Becky a few years ago. I'm just not a massive fan of hardcore matches. They they don't they just simply don't do it for me. So I understand the the reference, understand the iconicness of it, and I get it. But but that one of those type of matches, and and the lights out match and all that, they're just they're not my style. They're not what I overly enjoy watching. Um, so and you know I I I enjoy the experience and I watch them. They're just they're never going to be my match of the year based on. They're they're not something that I genuinely follow. I think, yeah. in fairness, even though I've just had a little dig at the buck the Bucks as pair, um, you know, I I think they had a couple of match of the year contenders this year. Um, to be fair to them, I think their match yeah. with um Lucha Brothers, um, you know, I think was outstanding. Yeah. Um, you yeah. know, to to give them even just a little bit of credit because you know every time I'm on this podcast I have a dig at them, so it's no, only no, nice. No.
1: I know it hurts you doing it.
0: It does hurt me giving them credit, but sometimes you've (laughs) got to give credit to people that you dislike.
1: Yeah. And we're (laughs) about to ring in the new year, so it's all about change, isn't it, and resolutions. So maybe your resolution could be you'll be 1% nicer about the books. No. No? Okay, this was a one-off then. (laughs) (laughs) Never again. Don't get used to it. No. Right then, let's move on to promotion of the year. Obviously, this is just... The, the entire company, doesn't matter what show, so WWE it would be a combination of Raw, SmackDown, NXT, UK, Hal, even 205 Live and Main Event if you really, really want. AEW, Dynamite, Rampage, Dark Elevation, everything. Just, just consistency for the whole year. And <clears throat> I am going to go with mine first, and people are going to be probably surprised because they have me down as an anti of, of this... Company, But I'm actually going to go with AEW. Um, Everything that I have watched this year, you know, it's, it's not perfect, but I think AEW are putting out the most consistently good programming across all of their shows. And I know two of their shows are YouTube only. I know they're Dark and Dark Elevation. And at first, they seemed like they were just going to be full of jobbers, and they were just going to be for for the no-name talents, or or, or pushing the women onto to not get them any, you know, to give them proper exposure like they deserve. But as dark has gone on, and as dark elevation have gone on, we've seen top names like Moxley. We've seen I'm pretty sure uh, Andrade's been on there a lot. Alistair Black, Malachi Black, sorry, has been on there a lot. So we're seeing top names going down there to to help. You know, make that show, those shows better. I think Dynamite. There haven't been many bad episodes of Dynamite. Um, as I say, they're not all perfect, but the wrestling is almost always on point until you get a fucking five v five tag team match for no reason at all, other than to just get those people on TV. Obviously, there is still a lot of work to be done. I think it's hard to argue that WWE. Even though they focus on a lot of the same women, they still treat their women better and give them more opportunities than AEW do. But they they are certainly getting better in that regard. Um, in terms of star power, I think you've still got to go with WWE, but AEW are really starting to give more of a spotlight now to guys like Miro, to Sammy Guevara. You've got MJF mixing it up with CM Punk. Um, Darby Allin constantly getting a big spotlight. They're really... Focusing on, on, you know, like and and Britt Baker, like the four pillars of AEW and and turning them into legitimate stars. As much as Kenny Omega and the Elite have been running the show for the first couple of years, they are slowly starting to sort of not make their way out, but the focus isn't as strongly on them five or six people. Same for Cody. Cody's sort of like in mid-card feuds now. Um, the books are obviously still around the top of the card, but I think it's because they are, sorry Gary, one of the best tag teams in the world um, so yeah, I think you've had a lot of big moments obviously you had CM Punk's arrival Adam Cole's arrival who, who knows what's on, on the cards for the next couple of months in terms of arrivals, there are a lot of big names still out there, Bray Wyatt being one of them there is a lot that could still happen I think they are the talk of the wrestling industry for the right reasons. Obviously there are you know, they're they're often the talk of the industry for the wrong reason, but I think it's pretty much like a an eighty twenty split. I think you, you mostly talk about the good happening in AEW and if you're talking about the bad it tends to just be little digs at, at WWE, doesn't it? That tends to be the, the major criticism of their promotion. And I think if that's the biggest criticism, then that's probably a good thing. You know, if that's if that's the main thing people are complaining about if they're not complaining about the product and the wrestling and the stories and the characters, then I think I think they're doing a pretty good job. So, that yeah, there are things that I don't agree with. There's a lot of things that Tony Khan says and does that I don't agree with. I don't think he's a particularly good... He's certainly not a booker. He's certainly not a promoter. He's, he's not a wrestling man. He's a wrestling fan. Um, But that has done them well in their first couple of years. I think they're probably in a position soon where they're going to start getting out of the red and start making money. Um, But yeah, just to, just to wrap that up, in terms of overall enjoyment, as much as I love WWE, have grown up on it for the best part of 30 years, I think SmackDown is the only brand they have right now that is consistent. Raw has got better, but it's still very up and down. NXT 2.0 I cannot get into. NXT UK is phenomenal, but doesn't get enough attention. 205 Live and Main Event are basically just... Void, there's no point even bringing them up to be honest. Two or Five Live I think has got a roster of four or maybe six which is absurd. Um, no so, idea
0: anymore to be fair. No idea. Uh, I, them, I don't know. am
1: Brian Kendrick, I couldn't tell you who else is there. I,
0: I, no, neither could I unfortunately.
1: So there you go, to wrap my promotion of the year up AEW um, and it's not even particularly close. Gary, what would yours be buddy?
0: It pains me. It pains me. Um, but I think, you know, I think, again, to, to, to echo what you said uh, to, when you started this, uh, I am fully aware that I am what would be deemed to be a WWE stand to a certain degree. And I understand that. Um, you know, I I am older than you. I have grown up with the Hulk Hogan era. Um, my teenage years were with Stone Cold. Um, I grew up, you know, I've watched all of Cena um but i think you're you're if you're a proper wrestling fan you know if you really enjoy just wrestling in general i think to look at the year that aw have had and not say that they've been the promotion of the year i i think you would be toiling and you'd be stretching um and fairness they've just had a stellar year and um, now obviously they've got the faults um as i said you know i i There's certain things that they do that I just turn around and I just go, what the fuck are you doing? Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of that does come from Tony Khan, or as I have called him on social media, Dixie Khan. Um, Because I think the dude should just shut the fuck up um, to, Uh um, Mm -hmm. you know, to echo a certain Eric Bischoff. So, you know, AEW has had its faults, but I think overall they've, they've been most consistent. I think they've been the most exciting promotion. Um, I think, you know, again, you know, I could talk about their faults, but I think for most part, um, they've, I think Dynamite has been pretty much consistent. It's not had a bad show throughout the year. It's had bad moments. Don't get me wrong. Hmm. Um, and when I say bad moments, Arn Anderson, I'm fucking looking at you. <laughs> um, and, and take that fucking Glock shit and shove it squarely right up your arse. Um... And that again, right? Just to go, just actually to sidestep that that Glock thing, by the way, could very well me be the fact that I'm British and I don't get the the wankerphone culture that the Americans have. All right, It'll be guns, so it might play well in the states. Just to clarify, um, but outside of that, they've just had a stellar year. They, they've been using the majority of the legends that they have pretty well. Um, as you said, they've. You know, Paige winning the title. I know people think it was, um, you know, it was what what sort of it was expected and it was predictable. Um, but sometimes predictable is fine. Predictable isn't a bad thing um, if it's done right. Yeah. And Paige winning was was right. Um, I think you know Britt has proven herself to be um, one of the stars of that company. I think, as you said, I think Miro's finally, um, you know, out with, I think, maybe uh, the match with Brian that I think he probably should have went over with. Um, Outside of that, I think they've they've done really well with Miro um, and made him seem a legitimate star again, which is something that um, they were toiling with at the start. Um, I think they've elevated a few of their talent. um, I don't watch a lot of the YouTube shows, um, to be fair. but um, I think they're treated better than what they were. Um, yeah. uh, as you said, with the stars going on there, I think um, adding that extra hour of Rampage has really helped them as well. I think it's, um, I know they're not getting the greatest ratings on Rampage and I understand why. Um, it's at 10 o'clock on a Friday night, folks. You, you ain't getting 2 million people invested in a one hour show at 10 o'clock On a fucking Friday night, so just stop that nonsense. Um, But um, I I think you know overall they've 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 been the best promotion. I think my only downside is I think overall um, and and this is the I mean with the programming as such, not the individual basis, is that they don't reference the other stories that are going on as much. They'll promote something on, on Dynamite or Rampage for the next three-game week, Dynamite or Rampage. But you would... And I'm not saying they'll have to go the WWE route because they use recaps as if it's just killing fucking 10 minutes of time. Um, but, but a little recap, a little bit of, this is why this is happening, and, and showcase a little bit more. Um, I think that would be my only criticism for for them for the year as a promotion in general. Um, but outside of that, I think they've had a stellar year, and I think... Only hardcore WWE fans will say otherwise.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's what I've been painted as on social media, and I'm really not. It's just I'm realistic. If WWE do something good, I will praise it. If they do something bad, I will criticize it. And it's the same for AEW. I am in no like like you've said in there a couple of times alluded to, you know, not every show has been perfect. They have had bad moments. they Jesus Christ, they botch a lot more than than I've seen WWE botch, but I think those sort of things will be ironed out in time if they get a training facility, if they get a performance centre. I think it's the natural next step because, you know, they've they've struggled... They've struggled over the last year and a half during the pandemic because they haven't been able to get out and do house shows, they haven't been able to tour, so they, yeah. you know, the only wrestling training or experience that their, their talent are getting is either going out to whatever few indie shows were still running during the pandemic or towards the end of the pandemic and wrestling each other, I assume, in the ring before the shows. I don't know what they've been doing. Obviously, WWE have had the performance center for like oh, 10 years or whatever it's been. So they they had a backup. You know, they had the Thunderdome. They had that. They had the money to go and do other things. So, yeah, I think if AEW can, can nail some something down like that, like a facility... Where they can really hone their homegrown talent, I think it's only a matter of time before they do. Maybe start to, maybe not catch up, but certainly close the gap between um, at least Raw, at least Dynamite, and Raw. And so if
0: we're talking, yeah, I think I think they need to do so. I think the problem that they have is, and again, okay. I'd refer, refer back to to Dixie Can um, with, we don't need a performance center, uh, dude. Yeah, you do. There's nothing wrong with it you know what I mean, yep. yes you do stop it, you know what I mean, yep. you're taking a slide dig, it's something that doesn't need to have a fucking slide dig about, so so behave um, a performance centre or or or, or, little, or or whatever it may be, um, God knows there's enough talent out there nowadays to probably run little independent shows if you really really want to, um, if you don't want to have like a, a performance centre, but Yeah. Some of their talent are are extremely green, especially the women. Um, Not knock on them, but some of them are really green um, and could just do with a little bit of the seasoning. Um, And then I think, you know, their division would be, the women's division in in particular would be pretty stellar. Um, They've got the nutrients there, especially the women's. Um, So, you know. But these are minor faults, um, which have nothing to do with the product that they're actually showing us in fairness for the majority of the time. Um, just sometimes they, their editing could be a little bit better. <laughs>
1: what, what makes me laugh is... It's not just Tony Khan saying it. There are fans saying, oh, don't need a performance centre, don't need a training facility. What, what makes me laugh is... <clears throat> you look at... I mean, you, you can look at any roster in the world, really, and this would be appropriate. But specifically, look at AW's roster. I would say, off the top of my head, 70 to 80% of those wrestlers, certainly the certainly the men, have passed through Ring of Honor at some point. Pretty much every top name in the industry has passed through Ring of Honor at some point. The Bucks, Cody, if we're just talking AW, the books, Cody, um, obviously Cole... Brian Punk. Punk, Brian, You know, if Owens ends up there, if Sami Zayn ends up there, that's another two. So, so, so many top wrestling stars in the entire world over these last 15, 20 years have come from Ring of Honor at some point. They've gone through the Ring of Honor dojo. The Ring of Honor dojo is world famous for that very reason. That was their <laughs> performance center. That was their training facility. I think Impact have got something. I don't think it's to that extent. WCW had the power plant. They had the power plant before WWE had the performance center and were just doing training out of warehouses. So it is necessary in the... It's maybe not necessary right now, but if they have designs to overthrow the evil WWE empire, they need it. It's that simple. They need it. It's not an opinion. It's not a yes or no, a wrong or right. They do need one.
0: It's required. Uh, it's it's If you want to be... True sports, then that's what most sports do. They they have training facilities. They have a performance yeah. center. Football teams have sports, it. Amer- yeah. American football teams have it. They have an academy. Yeah. Um. Or or well, I know American football is different in regards, but they have a fucking college system for fuck's sake. Yeah. yeah. Um. You know, and they have the NCAA and shit like that. So, yeah. you know, everything has. It's like is
1: isn't it? A little
0: bit, uh, yeah, and and, and that's the thing that they, they don't have to make a development brand out of it. It could just be a performance center that, that gives support. the talent more time in the ring. Because yeah. I have no fucking idea what they do outside of yeah the TV shows, or the YouTube shows. Yeah. Um, I, I don't need to know, which is fine. <laughs> but if you're having a f- if if certain individuals are having botches every now and again it's, you, you fucking need one boys and girls um, but again I don't want to criticise them because they have been the best promotion um, of the year and I think Chris I think it would be beneficial if we turned around and said that's purely because we don't really watch a lot of say New Japan wrestling because I don't um, yeah. I know it's there but I yeah simply just I watch the odd match now and again but I'd I don't watch it. So for me, it's the best promotion on on North American television if you really, really want to be fucking simplistic about it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, like I watch Ring of Honor and I watch Impact and I'm not even going to pretend that either of them came. Ring of Honor did come close in certain regards, but we'll get onto that a little bit later. Um, So yeah, no, that was our, our promotion of the year. We agreed on AEW. Match of the year, I went Walter Dragunov. Gary went Roman, <clears throat> Brian, Edge Mania, and Feud of the Year. We both agreed on Edge versus Rollins. That is the end of part one of the End of Year Awards. Like I said, we're going to make these a bit more bite-sized so they can be digested a little bit, a little bit easier. So thank you everybody for checking out part one of this. Uh, part two is going to drop tomorrow, and I will hope to catch you again for that episode. <laughs>